Dork Trek is now on Patreon. Go to patreon.com and search Dork Trek. You can get all kinds of cool stuff. You can get video of the recordings. You can get high-quality audio. Invites to a once-a-month Google Hangout with the gang. Maybe even Star Trek role-playing games. Who knows? It's all up to you. Go to patreon.com slash dorktrek. We interrupt this podcast for a brief message from Heavy Gigs in Seaside City, a Spirit of 77 playthrough podcast. What is what Spirit is of 77? It's a role-playing game set in the 1970s of action movies and TV. You know the good stuff. Shaft, Six Million Dollar Man, uh, Charlie's Angels. What is what Heavy is Gigs in Seaside City? Well, we take the game and we turn it into a radio play. We add sound effects, we add soundtrack, cut out all the boring parts and make it into a very listenable story about a wrestling star turned private eye. Maybe we can go and get a room at that hotel and have ourselves a love fest, but we got a lot of business we got to take care of, Jack. A good old boy stunt driver with a death wish. Are you interested in what we call parlay? Are you just coming over here to try to, you know, fricassee me? Grab my bow out there, and I use the sword as an arrow. Disco owner and arms dealer with a voice like Fran Drescher and a heart of gold. I got guns, sister. (laughs) (laughs) One who deals in the arms there. A rocker with a robot arm. Let's enjoy uh, some T.J. Swan Mellow Nights together sometime. And, of course, the DJ who holds it all together, Mr. Anton K. Uh, That stuff makes me happy. Tune in to Spirit of 77, Heavy Gigs in Seaside City, available on iTunes at goodpencil.com and at the Taylor Network of Podcasts. Welcome aboard the USS Boda. This is your captain, not Patrick Stewart speaking. You're listening to Dork Trek. Dorktrek.com. Engage, Mr. Manny. Don't start no shit, won't be no shit. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Dork Trek. Uh, We are not reviewing any episodes of DS9. We're not reviewing any films. We're not having a 252nd episode celebration. Um, Wait, wait. We're not even reviewing an episode of Star Trek. This is an amazing show. Oh, Ben. Come on. I had to do it for all the haters out there on Twitter. He already said, don't start no shit, won't be no shit. They started it. I just had to fire back, and, and my opinion tonight may surprise some people. No, I don't know, man. I'm curious to find this is that. <laughs> this is what I'm. This is honestly what I've been thinking about the four times that I've watched the the two episodes. I watched the first episode twice, the second episode twice, and the entire time I've been watching it, I'm just thinking like, what does Ben think? <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to. I kind of want to play the game of can we guess what Ben hates about this? Okay. Uh, I just it's it's well, we really tell people what we're doing. I'm yes, sorry. We're reviewing you. all right, this is what we're doing. We're reviewing the first two episodes of Star Trek Discovery. And uh, because if you watch them you you'll see immediately that it is one story. Yes. Those two episodes are critical to watch as yes. I, I think as one unit. I agree. It is it is kinda like um, what, uh, Farpoint, it's kind of like, I forget this title of the baseball one for TN, or for mm-hmm. DS9. Emissary. Yeah, it's, it's got that vibe to it where you have to watch both of them to get the whole full story. Has every Star Trek, except for the original series and the animated series, had a two-part? 
Yeah. Uh, well, no, it wasn't a two part beginning. It was a two hour beginning, like a feature length beginning. And then right. it was filmed in a way that you could then later cut it into two equal halves for syndication. Because Enterprise was a two parter essentially, right? Uh-huh. Yes. I know Voyager was. Yep. Uh, Broken, was it Broken Bow? Broken Bow. Was Enterprise Voyager was Caretaker. Yes. Yeah. I remember Broken Bow because it had Debo Klingon, which was my favorite <laughs> thing in the whole wide world. Like, get shot Deb- with a space shotgun. Yeah, Debo Klingon is awesome. What was that? What? Life support to full. That was a weird noise. All right. Might be our new air conditioning. Yeah. Oh, weird. Okay, that was intense as shit. You guys yeah, must it's... be cold as a motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it literally sounded like someone hit a sound effect and like just like we were being whisked away to space. Yeah. We talked about sounds. we talked about putting like putting a curtain up so that you couldn't hear it, but um we didn't get to do that before this week's show. Yeah, so sorry. No, it's okay. I was just it was just kinda I thought it, I thought Ben hit a sound effect button or something. I wasn't sure what that was. In but my yes. opinion. <laughs> <laughs> like you're like a Star Trek Jim Kramer or something. Um, but yeah, so I didn't know uh, the entire time I watched the episode, I just kept thinking, what does Ben think about all this? Like, how is Ben taking all this stuff? And the episode opens simply enough with, um, Michael, Lieutenant Commander. She was, she's just commander. Well, I mean, it, it opens actually with the Klingons. Like, yeah. That's right. It does open the with the Klingons. Dude, uh, that's right. Given his speech. Yes. Which, uh. My only criticism of this, uh, other than, okay, so let me just go ahead and get this out right off the top. I don't like the Klingon costumes, and I think the Klingon makeup, I mean, I get that you can take a different direction. I know that Gene's vision of the Klingons was (laughs) more like what the movies Klingons were than what the original series were, but budgets, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm fine with that. Aliens adapt and, and evolve. As long as it's 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 got the feel of whatever. So you've got the ridges, you've got whatever. For, you know, the, the Dork Trek canon uh, folks out there, they now have an extra set of nostrils. Yes, which so, is weird. You know, so they have to, if they have extra sets of nostrils, they have to have two sets of balls. I mean, yeah. yeah. Four and balls, t- two dicks. That I may t- be a season two revelation. I took yeah. that as like... Hey, they're really paying attention to what we're doing on Dork Trek. Like, yes, like that's, that's what I just that, that, that came directly from some of my phone conversations with Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller, yeah. who is still credited um, with um, uh, producer credit and writing the episode, right? Um, uh, also, I think, yeah, creator. Yeah, like he gets a lot of props in this thing. This, this is the first live action Trek that has nothing to do with uh, Berman, Rick Berman. Since uh, the last episode of the original series, Turnabout True. That's crazy. So he's he, not even an EP on it? Ah, uh, he's nothing to do. He has nothing to do with this new series. Interesting. Hmm. Once the Jar Jar Abrams trick took off, this, uh, you know. I will so, but I don't but, like the costumes, and I think the makeup is going to be very difficult to maintain. But like you can. Story wise. But and, the cool part about this is, I will agree with you that the costumes were kind of. Um, the costumes for the Klingons were kind of awkward, mm-hmm. it, but it, it kind of had like a um, Game of Thrones vibe to it, mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard somebody refer to it as like Space Tutor. I can see that. Yeah, like a Space Tutor is a good way to look at it. I, yeah. But the cool part about the Klingon makeup is it seems like it almost changes by Klingon. 
which is kind of neat. Like it's mm-hmm. look, it looked like different houses and different groups of Klingons had different makeup. Yeah, they well, somebody... almost seem more like the uh, the orcs from Lord of the Rings. That's yeah. exactly the orcs what I all thought. kind of look differently, and they all had that kind of fucked up, you know, mm-hmm. genetic defect look to them. Well, they're they're uniformed, picture. but they're different. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, somebody took a picture of like a twelve year old Asian child, and well, you know, like just a, a lovely young lady or whatever, you know. Preteen, and then what kind of website? Where is this going? <laughs> and then they put though a picture. Was it Molly? Of, it was Molly, wasn't it? Of a, of an old, uh, you know, craggly looking guy from Peru in the mountains, who's had a rough life, and he's he's worked the fields, and he's been out in the sun his whole life, and it just he looked very, you know, just the, the rugged face and everything. He's no teeth, and they put the two pictures together, and they said, you know, if you were an alien. Which, you know, do you see the similarities in these two species, of mm-hmm. these two creatures, and how different they look? And it's just like, why couldn't that be with the Klingons? And yeah. yeah, there's going to be differences. There's yeah. diversity I mean, in the Klingons. To be honest, I was kind of disappointed by the Klingons because I was kind of hoping really? that this would be like a a secret sect that kind of gets wiped out over the course of Discovery. And that's why and, the real Klingons that we've always seen. Yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking when the you know when they call the twenty four houses to come that the other spoilers. Nah, well, if you haven't watched it yet, (laughs) spoilers. You know, I was kind of hoping that they would look kind of like the blackface Klingons and the uh, the Klingons that we know from the movies and from TNG. You know, yeah. Yeah, but if you look at the Klingons from all of Trek, I mean, any series, they all look different. Like the original Klingons from the motion picture. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, the Klingons Klingons look is kind of. I was just kind of hoping they would bring it all together. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, I hear you. And Enterprise kind of did that. Enterprise had an episode where they explained why there's the two different kinds of Klingons that we've seen. Some people hate it and say it's campy. Uh, somebody was saying, because there's an episode where a modern Klingon travels back to the past and has to disguise himself, and they don't recognize, uh, you know, the, the, the Enterprise folks or the, the Starfleet guys with him don't recognize the old school Klingons. And it's just like, oh, uh, yeah, we don't talk about that. And one of the things was somebody said what they should have done is when they moved, when they went to the past, the modern day Klingon should have suddenly looked like the old fashioned Klingons. Yeah. And yeah. then when they came back to the present, he should have looked like his normal Ridgey self. That was Michael Dorn, right? So, I mean, he would have just been Michael Dorn walking around. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have to make him blackface. Well, they would have just to, to prove a yeah. point. They, they kind of, you know, it's like, what? but they I did, I, 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 I did, uh, I did enjoy like the, the manner of the Klingon speaking and like the fact that he was speaking in Klingon. I, I like the Klingon, the fact that they used Klingon, uh, the, from what I could tell, mostly accurate Klingon. Uh, and pardon me if I slip and say Klingonese because growing up, that's what it was always referred to. <laughs> turning Klingonese. I think I'm turning Klingonese. I really think so. Kapa, kapa, kapa. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing I didn't like, and I, and, I, I think Ginny had asked if, she, if it was possibly the, the prosthetics that were causing it, or if it was the way that they were they were speaking. But it's almost like Charles Shannon taught them how to speak. I, I saw you. I saw you tweet that. And it, it's it's like Kakwe Nakshoichu Shishbakya. Is like what's going on with all that? It kind of reminded me of some of those uh, like uh, frontier movies where people are speaking in. Um, 
you know, Native American languages or whatever, but their voices oh, yeah. are still kind of normal. Like some have a higher pitch voice and stuff like that. They don't all try to like Western, uh, you know, white men always have like a deep voice and stuff. But a lot of times the Native American dudes talk like, hey, you talk like this. Yeah, yeah. They, they have like talk. a higher voice. Hey, I'll talk. I'll yeah, talk. That's how that, that dude, Kuvma, was talking. Yeah. Yes, Dennis Blackanation. Yeah, they always talk like that real kind of weird breathy like yeah. But even like their their pitch was higher than Yeah. Now, I just I wonder if that has like something cool. Well I read um I read somewhere on Twitter that I guess um this person here I'm gonna share a screen with you. Uh share screen. And so the Patreon subscribers get to see this. Not porno. Now, um, apparently, this lady is the new translator of uh, Discovery. And this fella, right, her name is uh, uh, at Canada Aviatrix. Aviatrix. So she is the translator. This dude right here um, is the old translator on the show. On which show? Discovery? Or? Yeah, he said Trek. He he was just saying Trek. Like, he said he retired from Trek. They don't need him anymore because they've got this new lady who's doing such a great job. Yeah, I see the one where it's, uh, yeah, she's I responsible also, for the incredible Klingon translation and yeah. language wrangling on so Discovery. I, so I wonder if, like, maybe that's based on because there's a new translator, perhaps? Well, I just, I, I don't know? know. Because, like I said, it, it, it just had... That's some, you know what that like is? Hang on sh- first. Before you, before you go, that was some crack fucking uh, investigative shit right there, son. I'm no, like... Yeah, thank you I'm for like, finding I'm, that. I'm like fucking Geraldo Rivera, bruh. Thank you. I'm in, it, dude. I'm in. <laughs> I mean, it's... It all comes back, though, and I, I love, though, that it was just... What was it? Mark Okren, who came up with the Klingon language for the movies, and just had, like a basic thing and then it grew to the Klingon dictionary and then it grew, grew and grew and grew. Yeah. yeah that's crazy because by the time, cause the motion picture came out, what, 1979. Uh-huh. And so it was, that was the first time they used the Klingon language in yes. any kind of film thing. Yep. So by the time I went to college, there was somebody that I went to college with that spoke Klingon. Klingon. That's only like <laughs> that's like fifteen years later. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's that's ridiculous. That guy yeah, spent was... a lot of lonely nights <laughs> yeah. Klingon. I mean, there were guys though who could speak Elvish by the time you know yeah. a year or two after Lord of the Rings was out. So, but the, I I I think the opening Klingon scene was pretty badass. That's just I me. It's pretty good. Uh, I was into it. That's like just- I said. Other than the uniforms, uh, as far as like the, the story part of it, I mean, there's my natural hatred for Klingons, Racist. of course. But but you know but, what? But story wise, I had no problem with this. But the thing is, though, like if you, in my mind, I think that's a win for this show because if you are naturally going, I still fucking hate these guys. Then that's a good. I'm accepting those Klingons. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a good, that's a win. If you're accepting these, these dudes as Klingons with their double nostrils and kind of weird makeup. But I, mean, I, think, I don't, I mean, my thing is I don't like it, but at the same time, okay. You know, I just, this is the style of the Klingons now. Give it two years, they may look different. Yeah, which is kind of cool because it's going to change, which is kind of yeah. neat. I don't know. I did have a problem and, and I don't want this to sound as racist as it's going to sound. Uh-oh. But I, I kind of have a problem. Voice. Okay. <laughs> no, come back, Dennis. Come back. Uh-oh. I, and, and, and literally, 
They how, didn't. They weren't. Why, why, why were they kneeling? I don't understand. <laughs> <Those sons. laughs> Federation anthem came on, and all of a sudden, all the Klingons took a knee, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but uh, you know, Klingons, you know, playing in the anyway. Um, no, and, and it kind of ties. It could be taken as that, and it's not uh, by any means. Well, now I definitely need to hear. What the fuck but <laughs> I had a problem with how black yes Tukuva was. Yeah, he was Wesley Snipes black. Like he was and, black. And, and, like, and, and I don't, I mean, only because of the way that they shot it and how the scene was lit. We, you know, on the TV, and I'm still getting used to our new television, so I'm, I'm still adjusting. Yeah, but again, like you mentioned, the 12-year-old Asian shit. girl compared to the old Peruvian guy, like, they're going to have totally right. different skin tones. No, and, and I, I'm yeah. fine with no, no, he was I'm, black. Not, I'm not a problem with, with how <laughs> black he is, like, as a person or as a Klingon. Um... It was just the way that it was lit and the way that the TV, our new TV has a better true black in, in its presentation. So it's, <laughs> so it, he, I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I lost him in some of the I scenes. I mean, I would say the, that it like. It seemed the Klingon ships were very dark. Yes. Everything was shot very dark. Like yes. even yeah. the bridge of, you know, the Sinjar or whatever it was called, it was it, just dark as shit. It's kind of interesting because I, Throughout the episodes, I kind of felt that they tried to bring aspects of every version of Star Trek to this. Oh, absolutely. It felt, totally like, yeah. it felt the, like the pacing was kind of a TOS pacing, the way that the episode moved along. It felt like the, the lighting, you know, there was... There yes. Were, uh, yes, the sound effects were cool. Sometimes it felt a little forced. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. Well, they, they, they had sound players. effects from pretty much every <laughs> yeah. generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I get what you were saying, Dennis. They had the lens flares. They were kind of doing it all. Like they were trying to get everybody in like, Hey, look, this is Star Trek. Like this is really Trek. The uniforms are kind of enterprise-ish a little bit. That's, that's something I definitely still have a problem with is the uniforms. I like them. Yeah. But I mean, and not because they, okay. So here's the thing. And somebody was was during the movies, the uniforms changed so much. Yeah. It's almost like you can't have a gripe about uniforms that much. Oh, yeah, I absolutely can. I mean, <laughs> not justified, maybe. No, I think opinion. it's justified because, okay, so so just hear me out, though. My issue with the uniforms is that this is 10 years before before uh, the original Star Trek series. Yes. And my problem is that we know what the uniforms of that era look like because we've seen them. Yeah. Somebody complained, oh, you can't expect a new show to just base itself totally in the past. I'm not saying do that. But if you look at Jar Jar Trek, yes. for the, the three movies that they've done, they at least feel inspired by the original version. Like, I actually, one of the things I liked about Jar Jar Trek, you know, shocker, um, is I'm the surprised they, you're even calling it Jar Jar Trek and not Space Movie 2009. Is is the uh, uniforms. The fact that you have the, the black undershirt and then you have the colored tunic that goes over it. Yeah. And that and explains it's why TOS you have... color scheme, too. Right. It's the, the toss color scheme, and then it still has the black collar and then the, 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 the three-colored uh, uniforms. But that's, that's removable. And that's great, because then if, you know, if you're an ensign and you transfer from, you know, security to uh, science department... You only have to buy that that top tunic, your, yes. your undershirt. Your, your, and this is speaking, I guess, as a former enlisted man. I'm like, yeah, I don't have to buy all those fucking uniforms yeah. again. I just have to get that top cover. 
Although with the uh, the discovery uniforms, like I guess the uh, the lining of it uh-huh. is a little bit is different colored. I guess that's supposed to be what well, the, branch the, they belong to. The metal right? trim, yeah, is, yeah. is your is your branch. so maybe that's like uh, there's like you know they use electricity or something to change the color of it. So if you're like okay now I'm working operations, then you just hit a switch and it changes. See, I, but I didn't change. like. Don't they just replicate? New We've reports? had though the three colors yeah, exactly. on just every poop, poop on pretty poop much everything me. except the movies. Exactly. So you you have. You've got the, the the red, the blue, and and the the gold or whatever, and pretty much everything. Like you said, other than the movies. And the problem I had with this though is that it was very hard. Like with all the other series, even the movies, when they were just doing the colored uh, patch behind your badge, or you had the the undershirt, you could glance at somebody and know he's what in this division. Are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the new ones, it's like wait, depending on the lighting, it's like was that gold or is that bronze? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I mean, and for the the metallic colors they chose with gold, silver, and bronze. It was very yeah. difficult to just very quickly distinguish. Yeah, see, I didn't even on, know it was three. I only I could only pick out two. <laughs> <laughs> see, and then the other thing is like on Enterprise, where they had the jumpsuits, the flight suit style uniforms, they still had a very distinctive trim. Yeah. In your department color. Yeah. Yeah. I so agree. That, that, I agree that was something I didn't care for. Okay, I, I, I can think see they that. could have. See, but the cool part about it is though, like. I don't know. Some of these things are kind of things that can indeed change as we go along. You know what I'm saying? Like the Klingon, like the aesthetics of it all, um, which is interesting to me. But I mean, like overall, uh, it's it's just kind of I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting yeah. show. It's an yeah, interesting I mean, overall, I think. I mean, I'll be amazed if they can maintain this production quality throughout the entire series because I know uh, they really fucking went balls to the wall. Yeah, they went oh, nuts. Yeah. It was crazy. Because yeah. then after the speech by the Klingon dude, we're on this desert planet. Yeah. yeah. And we see um, Michael and the captain kind of walking together. Then they're just wandering around and there's this looming storm in the on the horizon. And they're having this conversation about this race of aliens that I guess um, there was some kind of accident and their water dried up and these people are going to die and they want to save them without violating the prime directive. And I was like, uh, cool. They refer very, to it as uh, General very, Order very, uh, very um, beginning of Into Darkness. Kind of, you know. Dude, <sighs> yeah, I, forgot I, all, I forgot all about that movie. Before they had to restart or they had to stop the volcano from exploding. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I think this was a little more. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, low key, because it's just two people. Yeah. They're they're yeah. just gonna, nobody. Yeah. Nobody went and stole a, a, a mystic artifact. From yeah. Them and went through a <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just like these two people, and I thought this was a cool scene to kind of you know get a little info dump background character thing here, and I yeah. think they did a good job with it. You know, like they had a little like, oh, you know, Michael's talking to the captain. Well, don't you trust me? You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a little like uh, annoying expositional, but that's kind of what Star Trek is. So I was okay with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't like though. I mean, just the the look and feel of it though felt so much like something out of out of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it definitely felt like, like it, the they costumes, were or something. Like if if one of them had pulled up their goggles and they'd been Ray, I would. Yeah, there was there was definitely that vibe going on too. But I mean, you know. I don't know. What do you want? I mean, Star, but, Star Wars yeah, can't yeah. have everything, but and they just took all that shit from John Carter of Mars anyway. So fuck them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know? Uh, that's all Princess of Mars. That's all Princess of Mars, baby. That whole you job, know, that whole job hey, is... It's, it's a realistic set. At least it's not the uh, planet hell, you know, backdrop. Yeah. It, it felt like they were actually in the desert, not yeah. in, in yeah. stage nine or stage How great did those aliens look, too, man? Those things are pretty badass. Yeah. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, man, the production value is yeah. ridiculous. And, like, so they just, they're trying to go out in here and they're trying to... Um, you bring these people to air. Uh, no, wrong movie. They're trying to get them their water. They need water so these, these people Same survive. Thing. These Basically. aliens survive. And they, I guess they didn't call it the prime directive. They called it, what did they call it, Benjamin? General, General order, order number one. General yeah. order number one. So I, I, I took Which that is what as it was. Re- it, it was the prime directive. That's, yeah. They've called it both in the original series. And so that was kind of – because I don't think I ever heard them call it maybe once or twice in TNG as General Order 1. Or the you know the first order, but they on several occasions on Toss had referred to it as General Order One. Yes. So that was kind of cool that they they were more into that terminology. Mm-hmm. So. See, and that's a cool Easter egg because I didn't even pick up on that. I just automatically heard Prime Directive because that's just yeah. what my brain hears, you know. Yeah. And there was a cool so like they uh, they took the little gun and they shot it into the well, and then the water came, and then uh, the storm I guess came faster than they thought it would, and then mm-hmm. the the captain takes the lead, and she says, "All right, now you follow me." And she the 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 uh, Michael's kind of freaking out about it. She's like, "We're gonna get lost. The storm's gonna come. They're never gonna find us." Blah 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 blah. We stuck here for eighty nine years. Yeah. It's gonna and, suck. And then the ship comes out of the clouds. Is this the pitch black planet or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the. The uh, ship comes out of the clouds, and the first thing my wife said was, I don't like the ship. That's the first words out of her mouth was, I don't like the ship. Why didn't she like it? She just didn't like the look of it. She didn't like the way it looked. I don't have a problem with the ship. Me neither. I was like, I think it looks B.A., dude. But you uh, had a problem with it coming down through the atmosphere. Yes, the same yes. list. I, I understand that they, the storm is causing interference, and they couldn't beam them up through the storm. Right, there mm-hmm. were some problems. Yeah, I just don't think that you would have to come completely out of the cloud cover. So the, but it's a really scene, cool. It's a really cool visual. Like yeah. that's well, all. That, just that's there why for, they did. That's it. the utility of it. Basically. Yeah, yeah. It's just there because you go, oh shit, this is a TV show, son. I did like though that there are reaction control thrusters firing on the other side. I don't know if you noticed that twice that you've seen it, but as it comes down, there's actually like propelled like flames reaction control like breaking from fire retro rockets i generally don't like how the ships will come down into the atmosphere because i kind of agree with you like they're built to be in space they're they're going to stay in space but the way that they did that i thought it really made sense and it didn't didn't if it's going to have to come into space or come into the atmosphere, at least show that it's not like its natural state, and you, yeah. you've got to do yeah. something extra. Mm-hmm. And at least there's no there's no flight controls on it. You know, it didn't have wings or ailerons or anything like that. No, so, it, so it's, it's all stay. reaction. Yeah, and at least make it go through an 89 year storm, so it looks totally ba. Because it, <laughs> it broke through, and you're like, oh, that shit. really is the main thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, now, so here's my thing in that same scene, though. Not so much badass, and I actually told Jenny that. In my opinion, it was probably one of the corniest things I had seen in Trek in a long time. Mm-hmm. But the way that she signaled the ship, yes, uh, that you know was this all this walking that she had done was that she had used her footprints and why she had told uh, Michael to you know to stay next to her so that you know when they walked and she wouldn't get lost. But it was so that they could mark out the giant uh, Starfleet Delta shield. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. 
I was just like, okay, that's, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, that's corny as hell. I love it. I agree. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, because, you know, and it was well within uh, prime directive general order one restrictions because you can't see it from the ground. Yeah. Right. So these people haven't developed flight yet. They're not going to see it. And even if they do develop flight, they're not going to see it because the storm's coming. And so the next hour, this is all going to get erased. And it's like the, what is it? The, I forget the lines down in Peru that you can only see from the air or whatever. Um, Oh, the Nazca lines. The Nazca lines. This is, this is like a a temporary version of that, that the ship is just scanning the planet. It's like, Oh, there, there's the captain. I thought it was cool. And again, visually looked cool. You know, because the ship pulls out of the atmosphere or they're pulling out of the clouds and you just see the, the Star Trek shield and you're like, okay, I know what I'm watching. This is pretty fucking sweet, you know? Because, you, I mean, you hadn't seen anybody in uniform yet. They were covered in, like, you know, they look like fucking uh, Laurence Olivier in, uh, in uh, whatever that movie is there that I can't – Laurence of Arabia. Lawrence they just fly <laughs> out of the atmosphere. It looks fucking cool as shit. And then we go through the music and the thing, yada, yada, yada. So yeah, which I'm which Ben I I know you don't like the the song I thought it was okay okay so the beginning of it um was like the the first few seconds of it were Trek AF yeah okay. oh yeah totally totally mm-hmm. it was just like it screamed Trek I mean it was basically yeah. the original series yeah. theme almost but then as it went into its orchestration and and again this is just like Congo drums were the thing of uh, the 1960s. So this is the thing now. It, it just seemed very like a weird combination of Game of Thrones and Fringe. Yeah, me. I got more of a yeah. Bond vibe. Once you said the Bond thing, I started seeing mm-hmm. that. Well, that was you put that theme over the top of a uh, James Bond opening sequence. Yeah, when there's the different yeah. weird trippy shit going there's on. There's naked, naked lady. lady. Well, that was the only thing. Well, there <laughs> was. We don't know if the the chick. Uh, that we see in that scene was naked or not. You only see her from the shoulders up. She could be completely mm. nude. You don't know. Yeah. yeah. That was a naked but hand. I did, I did think that um, the the song hopefully is kind of emblematic of how the series is going to go because it's like it starts off with what you recognize as Trek, kind of their mission is discovery, but then mm-hmm. they kind of jump into war pretty fast. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be war, 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 war. But then at the end, it kind of gets back to being Trek again to yeah. where they, they resolve the conflict and so now they can be explored <clears throat> again. So Yeah. And that, I that think that's brings... like going to be kind of the arc of this series. I, I don't want to jump ahead too far, but that, that definitely, uh, there's another scene that kind of says something about that. Look at Dennis using that big brain, that big Star sex- Trek music theory. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's, it's a good idea. It's a good theory. So the uh, TNG honest trailer, that everybody was sharing today because today we're recording, I guess we could you know go behind the curtain and tell folks it's uh, Tuesday, Tuesday. And today is the 30th anniversary of TNG's first airing. Huh? Cool. So little 16 year old Ben 30 years ago today was sitting in front of the television. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Pulling this hood. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to see what the, this, this new crap thing that I'd been seeing on T on uh, entertainment tonight. And, uh, the new star log had been touting this thing. And, and I looked up all these, uh, actors. <laughs> Dennis different- chugs away. Now, do you guys, do you guys want to go like scene by scene with this thing? Or how do you want to do this? Cause there's a lot of scenes we got to get to. It's a lot of scenes. It's, it's a two hour show. Two hour show. Yeah, well, I guess we a should- lot happens in it. 
A lot it's, happens. It's a very it's, dense episode. It's very dense. Um, it, I mean, to get back to things I, I like and don't like, the Starship designs, I don't hate. Okay. I, I thought the, the, the That's Starships... That's another that we, don't hate for you, Ben. The don't hates are kind of... So, uh, just just take what you can get. By my tally over here, I've got two don't hates already. Oh, well, there should be three. Three? Okay, there's a third don't hate. I might have missed that one. Three right. don't hates for Ben. So, I don't know. How I thought they, you might have a problem with the Klingon ships. I did. Bit. Yeah. You notice when I said the ships, I said the Starfleet ships. Yeah, the Starfleet yeah. ships. The look Klingon bad. ships, I just, I, I don't like... And, and this they're is taking just, a lot of artistic liberties with the Klingons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I my thing though with the Klingon ships is I've never liked that style of ship for any extraterrestrials. Like anytime there's a space movie and they like go the for weird that bat wing, like it the, looks like the, a bat. It's just very industrial, and and I think Star Trek has had industrial style ships before, but they mm-hmm. still have a co- coherent look to them, a theme or whatever. Yes, this was just. I, I don't. I don't like. I had a hard time uh, differentiating between a lot of the styles of ships because it was so dark in the space battle scenes. Yeah. Um, I didn't even realize that the um, the main Klingon ship, whose name I can't pronounce. Don't try. Uh, yeah, whatever his name is. Um, oh, Tukufma. Yeah, something like that. I didn't realize his the his ship looked like a wolf head. It had like when you. I went back and watched it when it blew up. It looks kind of wolfy almost. Well, see the thing I didn't look, the, the, <laughs> from the, the intricate that... kind of designs of it and stuff. Um, spoiler: it, it looked kind of almost uh, animalistic. Let me see if I can find a picture of it. I did like that they had even with this very stylistic design. They still had the long neck with the yeah. I thought that the, was cool. The, the the dick at the end, you know, and yeah. very phallic shaped ship, right? Yeah, with wings. It's basically a flying cock in space. Yeah, which yeah. is something that I can get down with. Right, flying cocks in space. Yeah. Cocks in space. Cocks. That was the yeah. old uh, spinoff series. Cooks in my mouth. <laughs> what? Got to give oh the fans God. what they want. Yes. Um, let me see if I can find this. It, it looked almost. I, I love. I love the idea of them burying all the dead on the outside of the ship. I thought that was pretty fucking badass. I did not. All right. Because we have firmly established through God knows how many years of Star Trek since you know TNG started. That the Klingons regard, you know, dead bodies as just husks. Yeah, and this is even through Enterprise. That's how they treated them. Yeah, you okay. just you 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 do. Now I did like. Yeah, they did see, the that's why I thought rights. this guy was they some kind of religious eyes. fanatic. And, and, so and maybe he, that's why and I definitely think bodies. he is. He's definitely a religious yeah. fanatic. Like he's 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 like a weird Charlie Manson Waco. Dude, Jim Jones. Jim Jones, yeah. yeah. Because the whole, you know, he, he thinks he's the, the reincarnation of Collis, you know, and it's just, I like that they bring up Collis. I mean, yeah. That, no, they bring up Kalis nonstop in this episode. Like, it's really cool. Um, it was, I, and I think another part of that episode that I loved was it's just so Klingon heavy because the, they I don't mentioned know how, Quonos. Yes, they mention all of it. Uh, and so in the first episode, they tell the Klingon homeworld's name. Yeah, which like is Killer. TNG. 
But the cool, <laughs> I mean, because if you think about one of my problems with the fir- with the JJ Trek is there's not really any Klingons around. And I, yeah. I I always thought that was a big kind of kind of blunder on his part because they're such they're so tied to that era of of Star Trek. Not to bring them up is kind of dumb. So mm-hmm. the fact that this is a very Klingon centric episode for me was just like, yeah, dude, this is fucking awesome. And the fact that they were kind of referencing some of the TNG era Klingon stuff was also very cool. I think if you do a Superman movie, you have to have the Daily Planet and Lex Luthor. If you do a Batman movie, you have to have Alfred and the Joker. I mean, th- these these have to be in in the early standards. on it, because that that's the thing with Star Trek. You have to have the Klingons. Yeah, I'm terrified that they're going to bring up the Romulans um, because we're not supposed to see the Romulans, even though they brought them up on Enterprise, and I completely hated that story arc. Um, we had no contact with the Romulans for a hundred years yeah. before yeah. Kirk runs into them. Well, and they, they even said in this one that it was a hundred years since they had contacts with the Klingons, which would have put the so last contact pretty long with drought Klingons. for the Federation. Yeah. Well, no, but that would have put it at the, uh, the last time that we interacted with the Klingons would have been at the end of enterprise. Okay. So th- that was a nice, this is a hundred years after now, enterprise. But if the Klingons blew up the station that Michael lived on, if that was a Klingon attack, then how old is she then? Well, no, she's, in her what, twenty late twenties, early thirties. But then they said they I don't had, think I don't think that means that they haven't had any like combat engagements with the Klingons. Yeah. They just okay. haven't had any like communication dealings with them. Okay. All right. We we haven't opened up comms and said, Hey Klingons, how y'all doing? Yeah. Okay, so there's We come in peace. So there's Gosh, that was triggered. Cool. That was I was into that. I thought that was hey, cool. hey she's gonna say it. She's gonna say it. Watch, watch. Here it comes. Here I thought it comes. that was awesome because I mean, like, it goes kind of to the whole idea that this guy is like kind of a crazy person. He's kind of like a, a religious fanatic, you know. Yeah. Like, because he was talking a lot about prophecy and stuff like that. I did. Um, I don't know where you want to skip around to. Um, oh, we could just do general impressions, right? Okay. I think so. I guess, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you whatever. Do this? I don't um, care. I just want to talk I, about I it. I didn't like the beacon. I, I Okay, so... I thought the things. beacon was awesome. The yeah, light, well, though, like, why Why have light? Like, well, it I, take I, light so long to get back to anywhere. That's, and that was my, <laughs> my thing. When Sarek shows up and says, I don't know what you're doing out there, but, you know, there's another star. Maybe do you have something to do with all the scientists being excited about a new star in the sky? It's like, how the yeah. fuck do you know about this? Now, it's going to be a thousand some, years. I, I imagine they have much better sensors than we do now, but, you know, just the laws of the physics – like light's yeah. only going to travel at the speed of light, so yeah. not, you're not going to see it sooner than that. No, this was special warp light. No, I oh, thought it was, oh, warp yeah. light. Yeah, uh, the us have warp light. It's faster the, than average light. The science of it, okay, I get that, but the yeah. visually, it looked cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, like it well, looked. Somebody tweeted, badass. "Leave it to the Klingons to weaponize lens flare." Yeah, right. They totally <laughs> did. I mean, they they fucked some shit up. They had to mute it. Like it was crazy. Yeah. This um, light is too loud. Turn down God, the light. Turn down the light. Somebody mute the light. Come on, Spider-Man, turn out the dark. Well, the fact, though, that they had the uh, filters on the screen at maximum. Yes. And they were, it was still blinding you. Yes. And it's like, yeah. okay. Um, I enjoyed... 
I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the beacon. I thought uh, a big error for me was the fact that they didn't kill the guy that refused to light the beacon. Yeah. yeah. They should, they should have killed him. Right they're like the you've back. dishonored yourself or yes. they should have done the turn the back on him. Yes. They should have no. killed him. I mean, because he w- didn't believe in the prophecies of this dude. So of, why is he there? Uh, of Klingon blackface. So why is he there? And then second off, like, uh, uh, you don't believe you don't, you don't believe in any of this stuff. What do you think? You gotta kill him. He's brought dishonor to his family. He's dead. They should have killed him right on the spot. If they had killed and, him, and right he was the, the brother of the maybe guy he was that just died. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the reason why he was there though. Like he just went there because his brother made him go. I don't He's know. Like, Man, fuck this bullshit. I don't want to like no vegan. <laughs> I was into it though. They should have killed him. They they should have killed him. I thought that was a yeah, mistake. That would have been more more Klingon-ish. Yeah, she would have been totally Klingon-ish. You don't disrespect the... Or at least give him a smack upside the head. Uh, nah, you just fucking just run right through him. Well, yeah, but then you got the albino Klingon coming up doing the G. Gordon Liddy. I, mean, I love the albino <laughs> Klingon. I loved how he introduced himself. He is what son of none. I was like, that's awesome. Like, yeah. that's... Yeah. That was I don't really, come from any house. Yeah, I thought that was unbelievable. I was super amped about that. It would have been cool if he was the albino from DS9. Yeah. <laughs> have have we got to that yet on DS9? Yeah, we did. Yeah, where they where uh, oh, Dax went with them. With yeah, the the came out. Okay, I, I I lost track of where we were. And, you never know. You never. Know. I don't think they made it clear that that guy was a Klingon or not. He was just kind of the albino. What the albino dude? Yeah, was he a Klingon? Oh he yeah, Klingon, yeah. He's totally oh, okay. a Klingon. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And that got mentioned in a few places that they were questioning if you know, could this possibly be the albino from DS9? Could be. No, it's I lo- I love that guy. I thought he was all like just just his intro, son of none. I was like, that's fucking badass. Yeah, well, see, my thing is like, I mean, what? You, it's like, okay, dude, you got the job, but when I said you're going to be, you know, light the torch, I meant the actual torch, yeah. not, not, not your hand. No, yeah. My hand is a torch. That was cool, though, man. It looks. I'm the cool. human. I'm the Klingon torch, baby. <laughs> the human Klingon torch. Wait, what? <laughs> I come in peace! Ah, triggered! Ah! You have no honor. You have no honor. Yeah, the, the, but the first episode was, a, it was very dense. Like Dennis said, there was a lot going on. Yes. But you're, you're building, you're building to this conflict. Like, you know something's happening. You've yeah. got a Klingon vessel uh, and a Starfleet vessel kind of yeah. just in a standoff, just staring yeah. at each other. Yeah. It was kind of cool that she goes out there in the jetpack and... It was very Iron Man. It looked very Iron Man to me, like yeah. the way everything... Or very uh, motion picture, too, when mm-hmm. Spock yeah. goes out in the... Well, yeah, somebody but... had complained about that on uh, the Star Trek forum after the show. And it was like, you know, we never saw anything like this in Star Trek. And then everybody just jumped on the guy. And oh, really? was like, hey, uh, fuck you, motherfucker. You don't know like, shit about shit. <laughs> Did you not see Star Trek, the motion picture? You're a fucking phony. phony it might have been the part where phony. they fell asleep. Yeah. Well, see, the, <laughs> 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 his own wrist. Which time? Um, but, uh, no, another thing I did like, though, uh, and to, to jump around a little bit uh, back. Jump up, jump up, when, and get down. When uh, Michael uh, does her uh, log entry, she gives, you know, start a 1207.3. Yeah, she breaks it down. It's a Sunday on Sunday, Earth, yeah. May, you know, 11th of May, 22, you know, 56. And I thought that was great. Because so can calibrate their calendars. Right. So this they're using original series uh, star dates and not uh, Jar Jar Trick star dates. That's cool. That's a win, right? right? And so they the should. other it's thing, prime timeline. Well, if you say so. 
Um, no. The other thing, I, I'm still. I, I don't it, say so. Uh, you know. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but Ben disagrees. It's their with show. They. He it's their show. With they. Let's, just, let's, not, let's, not, let's keep going on the positives. Though. Sarek was the, there, man. He was the, cool with The it. earliest cool star date in original series was 12-15. Uh, uh, okay. So this is 12-07, which is earlier than the earliest star date. But I, I will give them all kinds of leeway with the star dates as long as they're, they're following the same pattern, and it's before the oldest one that we ever saw. Okay. And so it was, it was one of those things for me who, you know, used to record these fucking things on audio tape and then review the logs later. Yes. It was very interesting to have that, that little snap in my head that when she says start a 1207.3, you're like, wait, that's, wait, that's only four numbers and it's very low. You know, there's that click in your head that wait, this this isn't normal. This isn't the <laughs> the standard. You know, four one nine two three point four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not a bunch of gibberish. You know, I gotta say, um, how much does it cost for Patreon to get the uh, the video part of the podcast? <laughs> Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Everybody should do it for one month just to see Jenny. <laughs> Jenny gives a very physical performance and like, that most people aren't aware of. Like, sometimes when Ben starts talking too much, she leans yeah. over for she's her drink like, that I know is booze, and she's like, oh, my God. I so wish much. it was. It's right over there. I'm just like, I'm just trying to see if I could use the force to bring over that bottle of rum with me right now. Rock show. I'm wearing a Star Trek. I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt. Whatever, man. It's my bedtime shirt. It's my sleepy time shirt. Well, you guys both so. ways. Uh, no, I, I, at this uh, point, so, I would say at this point in my life, strangely enough, I like Trek more than Wars. What? Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Um, this is crazy. Uh, I like Trek more. They're, I like, they're pretty equal in my life. I, I think. like Trek more than Wars because I watch a lot more Trek than I watch Star Wars now. I mean, I watch yeah. original series every Saturday on MeTV. I watch DS9 once a week. You, you know, got uh, to get, get Sophie to start watching Clone Wars, man. She's not into it. Some of it's too scary oh, really? for her. She's not, yeah, she's not into oh. it. Well, she's definitely not going to make it through the last season then. That, <laughs> that shit is real as fuck. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there are some really great sequences in yeah. this. Um, I'm not too keen on the holographic communications yet. It's weird. Because that, that was something that was not introduced, and they yeah. made a big deal about introducing it in the later seasons of DS9. Yeah. I do like though that it's not perfect. Yes, it's which is obvi- cool. you know, it's obviously this is some Star Wars style holograms. Yeah, like it's yeah. a prototype of the holograms yeah. or something. Yeah, and, and it's, like, it's projected. All these are the only ones they have, and they all get destroyed. In yes. two yeah, never see it again. And that's what we, yeah. And Tupac <laughs> shows up eventually. Hopefully, we'll get holographic Tupac. Now, was the Admiral Anthony? How do you want it? Does he really fucking look like Anthony Michael Hall? It that's who I thought Michael it was. I thought it was. That is, that it is. is? Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Get Holy the crap. Fuck out I mean, I haven't looked at any of the cast list other than the primary crew. So well, I, I kept it, but... thinking, holy oh, no, wait, shit. Wait, no, it's not. Oh, holy shit. I'm looking at it. It right looks now. just like Anthony Michael Hall. It does. It looks just like him from uh, The Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I thought it was. Uh, Terry Serpico. Who the fuck is Terry oh. Serpico? Is he like he, an, uh, he, he was Anthony a Michael Hall lookalike? Is he an Anthony Michael Hall impersonator? Like, they couldn't get Anthony Michael Hall, so like, all right, get us Terry Serpico. Like, who's Terry Serpico? <laughs> You'll know. No, he, he was looks- in Donnie Brasco as the strip club owner. <laughs> he looks just like Anthony Michael Hall. Well, he also kind of made me think of the captain from that, uh, I don't know if you watched the series The Last Ship. Mm, didn't watch that. And uh, he kind of reminded me of the captain from that. 
he was not a, a happy fellow, this Admiral. He was very grumpy. And, and as much as I dislike the uniforms, the the way that they did the Admiral, like the Admirals have a different uh, yeah. Starfleet badge. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just leave out the whole fucking thing about the fact that at this time, every ship had a different mission patch, mm-hmm. and only only the Starship Enterprise had the Delta. Hmm. Interesting. Right? If you went to the Defiant, they had a different badge. If you went to the Yorktown, they had a different badge. If you went to the, like, you know, so I, didn't, I didn't even know that. See, that's what I was about to say, is that and I don't it, think anybody knows that except for, like, the bends of the world. Well, that's you know, fine. So they had to they but, had to do something on the TV show to make it look like Starfleet. But in the movies, it went fleet-wide. Yeah. So, I, but I agree with you. So I, and I, I'm not hating on it because that's just something that's gonna. That, that's just the accepted yeah. trick now. If you, look I mean, at when Enter- it comes to merchandising, you have to you have to create your brand, and that became yeah. the brand of Star yeah. Trek. The, the Delta Shield. I kind of I cool. thought that they overdid it with the boot straps that you yeah, that see was later. Much. I was that like, was come much. on, yeah, that, that's overdoing it. So I, I've accepted that. But the thing I I was going to say though is that the way that they presented the admiral's uh, uh, badge. It was a butthole. It was an actual butthole. It was a picture. <laughs> of the butthole. No, was it, it was the, it was the star. It was the so Star you could just Delta. kiss it. Kiss my butthole. <laughs> Starfleet Delta, but then it had the, the little ring around it, with yeah, which was his butthole. That's his end. Yeah. It's it's the Starfleet Delta. I, I, I just and it was Harry. It <laughs> <laughs> was Admiral Harry. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't like that. It was very hard to tell the ranks of people. Yeah, it was. There was some things. There was that, no stripes or anything. Yeah. And I think we noticed when she was in the brig that she had like on the on the Starfleet badge there were like dots on the badge. Yeah, I only and, knew people's ranks because they were saying them. Yeah, mm-hmm. like when she was like ensign and where they're this. sitting. Yeah, like, the guys and, flying the ship are ensign. And we're probably. Daft Punk robot. Do this and. <laughs> You know, I was about to ask you guys about that. Like, what did you think of the robot? Because I guess they were... Well, was he a robot or was he a dude? Was they, he... they heard our episode last week. They brought the robots. <laughs> yeah, they brought the... And now we have to fuck it. Six robots. <laughs> don't, don't, don't talk. I've only got like 15 minutes into the episode. Oh, don't worry. We've got, we've got a very important question for You'll you. Get there. There. You'll get there. Spoilers. Yeah, I didn't know what the robot was. Uh, some of the stuff I thought was just there to look cool. Like the yeah. the robot that had like the fucking sports yeah. ticker on his head, like it's just like when they went to Red. And that's Alert. fine. I mean, they're trying to sell subscriptions to CBS. Yeah, they're trying access, to make basically. this thing look fucking awesome. And I mean, I will say, mission accomplished. Like yeah. some of this stuff looked cool. Like the the one guy on the bridge, the black dude that had the low pan thing going on. Yeah. Um, with you know, he had like the light fixture on his head. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he he was just chilling. He was Not hanging. Eating. Yeah, they had the ginger dude, the ginger lady who was there on the bridge. I, I don't know if I liked her that much. She got, like, really, like, she went from zero to 60 with her emotions. She's hey, like, you know what? Oh, my God! Spoilers, you're probably never going to see her again. <laughs> so, like, I thought, I don't know. She's probably dead as fuck. I've seen, some, he- I've seen some pictures. I've seen it. When, when- How many times did Denise, Car- uh, Denise Crosby come back? Yeah. True. <laughs> see, one of the things, once the battle started... Um, so I, you're just gonna you're just gonna gloss right over the whole mutiny thing? Okay, so in the Star Trek and the episode, flashbacks and, and the, the flashbacks and the Sarek stuff, like you're just gonna the, the, okay. So there was an there was an episode of of the original series, and Chekhov says, "Has there ever been a mutiny on a Starfleet vessel?" And Spock says, "No, 
there has never been a recorded mutiny on a Starfleet vessel. And so now somebody suggested you have to change that to, except for that one time with my sister. Sister? Well, maybe maybe her record got expunged. Yeah, know? you know, who knows what happened. So then it wouldn't be on record anymore. But Spock, I mean, that'd be family history Spock would know. Yeah, well, he's a Yeah, maybe he's okay. embarrassed by her. Maybe. You never know. So, I, I'm, I I'm really getting tired of Spock having... Spock is like a lottery winner. Fucking relatives are just coming out of the woodwork <laughs> and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm Spock's uh, adopted well, How many sister. stepmoms have you got to have? I'm yeah. Spock's auntie. <laughs> <laughs> when, you're, when your Vulcan dad loves banging human women, then yeah. I mean, he, you're he, going to have he, a he new stepmom have that, every 60 years. Sarah <laughs> does have that human, uh, human fever. I mean, and that was the one thing that, like, okay, so... So Michael is yeah. um, human, but she was raised on Vulcan. There was an attack, and her parents were killed, and Sarek took her in. Okay, yeah. all right. So she's not really related to Spock per se. Logically, she wouldn't be related to Spock. She not she's, by blood, no. Yeah, but that's she's a foster child, basically. Yeah. You know, well, so I mean, I I think it's insulting to adopted children to consider them anything but you know, actual children. I don't know. Yeah, that means, so. you know, genetically, she's... Yeah, she's genetically, no she's... Yeah. blood relation. I think yeah. what they're saying is she could bang Spock. Yes. And, oh, yeah, yeah it, totally. It would kind of yeah. be like those a videos, Barry Allen She could, she could be in one of those videos. What yeah. color do you think his cum is? Have we ever discussed Vulcan juice? What color is yeah. it? They're, they have green blood. I'm sure that's got to have something to do with well, it. Yeah, right? but we have red blood. Yeah, but our cum is white, so <laughs> let, let's look at it like green blood equals... We have we actually have red and blue blood and white cum because we're Americans, damn it! <laughs> Hell yeah, man! <laughs> Better stand up for that, some bitch. Go to a NASCAR race. Everybody stand. Um, so, do Vulcans' blood change colors when it gets oxygenated and when it's not oxygenated, like ours does? I don't. I mean, we don't. Really or is it always green? We don't always. really have blue blood, though, do we? I mean, it's just a yeah. Darker. When it's uh, no, when it's I, I think uh, that's a myth that it's blue. Really, look at it, man. You can see Dennis it. is a biology. I, that's, that's that's just how it looks through that's the skin. That's your veins. Yeah. That's just how it. No. Yeah. I'm 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 gonna have to call bullshit right. on that one. All right. Yeah. Challenge the biology major. Go for I it. I absolutely. I I. When I, I cut uh, it open, it's red. That's I call, oxygen I call, reacting I call, with I call it. Okay. Well, then when they hit it in the little vial and it's it's vacuum pulled out. Uh, it's vacuum pulled out. I well, when if I, they pull it, if they pull it out of an artery, then. When I shoot up, it's, it's always red. Blood. I'm going to pull out of you. Yeah. <laughs> so what color is I, it? I, brown I, and creamy. I, I believe it is a myth. Like a beige. That, uh, <laughs> that our blood is blue and red. It, it is always red. It's just either when it's oxygenated or less oxygenated because of where it is on the circulatory system. I think it's brighter red after it's been enriched with oxygen, and it's darker red when it's uh, that oxygen has been depleted. But it is always red. What'd you think of the captain? I thought she was fucking awesome, mm-hmm. Dennis. Yeah, Jenny. Yeah. I loved her. One thing I I want to ask because uh, she gave a couple of looks to Michael, mm-hmm. like especially during the mutiny portion, like you done fucked up, like you know, like like yeah. it felt very maternal to me. Yes, like I've seen that look on my mom's face, <laughs> and but I usually don't get that when uh, when other you know actresses or whatever have that same kind of look. So I wonder, like, whenever a white lady does that, does that? Do you guys get that same feeling, like you're being yelled at by your mom? Because it registered instantly. Like, oh, uh, no, God. I just think she's that great of an actress that it just. Yeah, I, I think that has more to do with it. Is the fact that um, maybe 
she she's definitely one of my favorite actresses um she's amazing like i i'm mean, granted i've only seen her in three things two of those things were crouching tiger hidden dragon and its sequel and then this but i I've only <laughs> she was also that. in james bond wasn't she yeah. i'm not a big bond person. not a good one but you know oh i thought it was a okay it's probably I the like best pierce brosnan one yeah and i'm a huge pierce brosnan fan so yeah they didn't do him justice with his bond. No, I think yeah, I think he got shafted with that, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, but I think she was a, she was a great captain. I think she <laughs> she brought that. There, there's a maturity that you need to be captain. I agree. There, there's Gravitas. like it, 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 Yeah, you have to have a certain bearing about you to be taken seriously as a captain on one of these shows. I mean, and I think Patrick Stewart definitely set a pattern that if you can't hit Stewart level. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're miss. There's something just. Yeah. It's like, eh. well, you at least have to approach it. Yeah, yeah. You have to try. I mean, yeah. He's the. I would consider one of the best captains. He's ever. the gold. He's the gold standard, bruh. Mm-hmm. That, that's. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're a superhero. You try to be like Superman. Yeah, you try to I mean, be Christopher Reeve Superman. Yeah, if we're gonna get super specific. Like Stewart's the gold standard for this. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so I think she is definitely on that that Patrick Stewart line of captains. Like she would, she fits into that that, that mold. Uh, like if she shows up at, at the captain's dinner table with all the former captains, she she fits right in. She gonna be a fucking force ghost, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we see the training center on Vulcan. Yes, which is cool. Um, I thought it was cool. It's, but that's uh, a little more uh, JJ versus yeah. the one that we see in like uh, Voyage Home, right? It, it doesn't really go counter to anything. The one we saw in Voyage Home was just like his home computer setup. Oh yeah. He, he wasn't at the Vulcan Vulcan Training Institute or you know, yeah, Institute of Learning or anything. That's just that's his home Mac. You know, that's that's his, his that home his, That's his that home was his uh his prep version like before you yeah. take the test you have to do the prep one at home. And I, I like though the how Kaplan, the Kaplan it, it sounded a lot like though his home version. When it was it was popping the questions and yeah. you had to respond and uh, yeah. how do you feel? I feel <laughs> I feel horny. Yeah. What? Um, I like though how you know uh, Sarek was just like cold AF to her, even though you know she was having some PTSD you know reaction to this the questioning. He's like you know the problem's not your. Uh, you know, what was it? Your the human hu- heart? It's the human's not your Vulcan tongue. It's your human heart. Ooh. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was a cool line. There were some pretty cool lines in it. Like when you got the 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 uh, Anthony Michael Hall admiral who shows up and his little hologram. And what does she say to him? Don't mistake race for culture. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was another good Trek line. I thought that was yeah. a cool one. I saw people on Twitter were super happy that there was uh, Michael and the captain were fighting and there was no man involved. Yeah. Like for two women characters to kind yeah. of be they weren't happy. fighting over a man. Yes, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like they weren't like he's my man. Uh-uh, I'm gonna fall in love with the Daft Punk robot. <laughs> so I'm hoping <laughs> this thing passes the Bechdel. They've been giving me the robot PP. Now let me ask you: Did you like? Um, did you like uh, Michael? Yes. The one thing I don't like. Well, let and- let everybody else answer, and then we'll get back to that. Dennis, did, <laughs> Dennis, did you like her? I thought, it was yeah, I thought she was pretty good. Okay, Jenny, did you like Michael? I liked her, but there was a few moments where I'm yelling at the screen, like, what the fuck are you doing? This thing is moving. You need to get away from that ship. You know, like, pull back, you know? Yeah. 
And it was frustrating yeah. because I felt like she was a little bit too um, bullheaded, I guess, for to be that high rank in Starfleet. Um, I mean, in fact, when they were on the planet and they're walking around and they're, you know, they just stopped to have a conversation in the middle of the freaking desert when they're supposed to be like, you know, doing the thing and escaping before the 89 yeah. year storm comes to trap yeah. them there. It's like, no, let's just have a conversation for a little I bit. I get the feeling like they don't get to do this kind of stuff very much. Like they go and explore and everything, but they don't get to go do away missions or, and definitely the jetpack thing. It seemed like mm-hmm. she kind of bullshitted her way into it. That's yeah. why she was so excited when she that's finally true. got in there. Yeah. And I, I thought that was, true. I thought it was a nice line where like, Oh, her heart levels, uh, her heart rate's elevated. It's like, Oh, she's having fun. I thought that was cool. Like that was a, yeah. neat, that was a neat little moment. And they've <laughs> known each other for seven years. Yeah. You know? So do you think I read a couple places online was saying she's kind of Mary Sue-ish. Agree, disagree? Disagree. No, I, yeah, I, think I, so. I, I didn't think I, so either. I, I, think I thought it was because she's flawed. Thing. Yeah, she's totally flawed. Like, oh, yeah, she's yeah. completely bullheaded and, and stubborn and fucking, you know, yeah, totally. Yes. Yeah, so hey, there, there's a popular female character on this new thing, um, and I feel threatened by the diversity being presented here because she's a Mary Sue. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, I, yeah, because you know who's a Mary Sue? Uh, Wesley. Wesley, mm-hmm. yeah, Wesley's a Mary yeah. Sue. He, this, he was. That's why Roddenberry would lose uh, his shit at conventions if you criticized Wesley, because he wrote Wesley as his his uh, little stand-in. Uh, his name is fucking Eugene Wesley Roddenberry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, come on. Okay, anyway, all right. Yeah. I didn't like though that she didn't go to the academy. Oh yeah, that and, was... and because it, it looks like she grew up on Vulcan. She went to the Vulcan uh, Learning Institute. She went to the Vulcan first human to graduate the Vulcan Science Academy, which is no small feat. No, I mean Spock didn't do that. Yeah, you know, and he is a Vulcan. Or, well, I thought it was cool though that she when they had the flashback about it, she was kind of bitching about having to do this. Like she was not interested in being in Starfleet. Yeah. Right, but that's the thing is he he brought her to you know Ambassador Spock brings her to the Shinzu, and uh, just says hey you know this captain that I know and respect she's going to mentor you now on, on you know being in Starfleet and it's like that's that's not how it, it works I I don't get you know maybe Amb- but I mean, Ambassador yeah. Haley doesn't get to bring some kid from you know out of town to the Navy and say. Yeah, he's he's gonna mentor you now, kid. It's and, a Vulcan exchange program. Yeah, it's Vulcan. And you're talking, it's fucking Sarek, dude. It's not like it's just some guy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I like, just I, I don't like at this point. It, it's already established that there's an academy, and I just maybe it's like the old days where he just like bought hit her way onto the yeah. Starfleet, bought her a commission. I'm into that. I I kind of like. I thought it was cool because like it kind of shows that she is an outsider, and I think they were doing a good job. It's like, why did she commit mutiny? Oh well, because yeah. she never learned otherwise. Yeah, and like I thought, I thought <laughs> it was kind of a cool thing that. Oh, like, I wasn't supposed to punch the captain in the face. No, nah, oh. it was a, it was a Vulcan neck pinch, bro. She fucking neck pinched her. I thought it was kind of like cool that. that they kind of made her an outsider in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like she. She, because she never graduated from Starfleet, she kind of had her own logic about it. Like she was, she even in her discussions with the captain when she was yelling at the captain on the bridge, they go into the ready room, and when she performs the mutinous act, like in her mind, it made sense. Yeah, because she, she's thinking like a Vulcan. logical. Yeah, it's it's the logical way to go. So if she would have went through Starfleet, they might have beat that out of her. 
if that makes sense. Well, I think even like when you see her come on the ship the first time, she's still like, she's like super Vulcan. Like yeah. She's trying to emulate it as much. And I wonder I, if they're going to have flashbacks later that show she kind of had the, like when they showed Spock as a kid yeah. in the JJ movies, like he was getting teased because he's half human. So you can just imagine like her growing up there, they must've been really brutal to her. Yeah. But, she's yeah. All human. So, so she overcompensates <laughs> yeah. as her Vulcanness, but then like you see by seven years is up. She's more human. Well, even the captain mentioned that they were trying to chip away at it to get to, you know, try to chip away at her Vulcanese, if you will. You know what I'm saying? I I definitely think that she's emotionally retarded. Oh, yeah, totally. Because she, being a human that grew, who needed that love and affection of of human parents or a human interaction, and to grow up on a planet like Vulcan where you're not getting that. Yeah. I guess you know. is, is uh Sarek married to Amanda at this point though? A man? Sarek's married to a man? <laughs> no, yeah. Spock. Or Spock is already on in Starfleet at this point. Uh, cause when we do the flashback episode of, uh, but his mom's still alive, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. His so she would have been raised by Spock's mom. Yeah. His mom doesn't die. And, uh, she's cause she isn't Spock's mom on TNG. Yeah, but yes. No, 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 no. Spock's mom is dead by TNG. That's right. That's right. It's Spock. She. Uh, the last time we see her is uh, Star Trek Four. All right. Okay. Amanda Grayson. Yeah. A man. <laughs> but, uh, Amanda Huggins. Amanda Huggins. <laughs> so she. Uh, yeah. So so Sarek and Amanda are married at this point. Um, Spock and uh, Sarek. When we see him in, uh, in, uh, da, 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 are we going to see Spock in this series? Possibly, but it, hopefully, it's they bring Zachary Quinto to do it. That'd be cool. He ain't doing um, shit else. In, uh, Journey <laughs> to Babel, uh, Journey to Babel, Babel. Um, Sarek is there, and Amanda says that Spock and Sarek hadn't communicated as father and son for eighteen years. Huh, and that's ten years after this, so they haven't they've already not talked for eight years because Spock chose to go to Starfleet yes. instead of the Vulcan Science Academy. Interesting. So she is I'm trying to think roughly Spock's age, maybe a little older than Spock. Alright. And uh, uh with his first wife, uh the Vulcan priestess who mothered uh Cybok, who's Cybok. Vulcan. Yes. And he's already gone. He and he and Sarek have had their differences. He's out smoking doobies. Yeah, he's yeah. being a hit. Laughing it up. Goddamn Beatles albums! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Spock is on the Enterprise at this point. Okay, alright. Uh, under Captain uh, Pike. Yes. Who ends up in that box. Yeah. Beep. Do you have a boner? Beep. <laughs> Wait, one Let me open my box. <laughs> Beep. All right, so uh, the first episode ends with the mutiny. Um, and then... The Klingons don't show up. Yeah, the Klingons show up, which I thought was pretty fucking badass. Yep. Uh, I also liked how, you know, the, all the Klingon ships look different. Is that because they're all the different houses of Klingon? They all have different kinds of contractors that build their shit i mean because they did a very kind of interesting job showing like hey these are 24 different groups well i think that's the point that they're making is the klingon is a fractured empire at this point like they're all kind of doing their own they have their own fiefdoms and 
you know, each house is kind of doing its own thing. So, so does that, do you get so a, Kufma you, is trying to bring them all back together. Do you give a pass on that, that all the ships look yeah. different then? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I just, I just different. don't yeah, like me too. I just don't like the style that they look. Yeah. I mean, they could still look different and, and look more Trek like, but whatever. I, as far as them looking different, I have no problem. With I got a very like, um, ancient Egypt vibe, almost like a Stargate vibe from some of it, if that makes sense. I, yeah, see that. I think that was more to do because of the sarcophagus, don't you think? That yeah, the sarcophagus. Yeah. Yeah. The, sarcophagus. the runes on the outside of the ship. Yeah, I see. I dug the runes on the outside. I thought it was kind of neat because, like, it kind of it played into the fact that this guy is like a crazy fucking Kalis worshiping maniac dude. When I saw the the beacon, and the beacon was when, when she triggered the beacon, and it started all the parts moving, and it went into its light up mode. Um, I thought it looked more Romulan inspired than Klingon mm-hmm. inspired. Okay. Just because of the, the the very wing-like look to it, and then it's kind of a motif. With the second episode, the second episode is just a lot of battle. Lock her up. Lock, Lock her up. Her it's up. a lot of battle, and it's it's fast paced, and it looks fucking great. I will say that it's a little dark, much like Pacific Rim. It's a little dark for me. Um, well, he- Maybe I got to adjust some settings on my television <laughs> to light it up mm-hmm. a touch. But, I mean, it looks fucking phenomenal. And here's the thing that I love that, that really – Wait, so you've got like five likes and a love? That, that just pulled me into the episode. Whoa. Right? And it's when the, uh, the, the ops officer, his console explodes, which is a Star Trek tradition. That, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Cons- we, we put like consoles. you know thirty thousand volts in every console just in case you never know yeah you know, my key- my keyboard at work doesn't even have five volts going to it yeah but has this that bad been shot by a photon torpedo yeah. and your your keyboard can't fly a starship either so. I bet it could though I bet it could I bet it could it, it's a, it's a Logitech hey man <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's a Logitech wireless. The, the Navy, I take it back. The, the Navy's using uh, Xbox controllers to pilot submarines. So why couldn't Ben's keyboard fucking fly a starship? Yeah, but we keep crashing into uh, you know merchant ships. Well, they're so not doing it. Yeah, not well. submarines. Not the they're submarines. Not, so maybe we should take well. maybe the surface ships and switch to the uh, yeah. PlayStation yeah. controllers. Just make them all Oops. submarines. Well, they try. Um, no, but when the the young officer and she says, "Hey, can you make it down to sick bay?" Then you know, and sends him away. And when he staggers into the brig, because he's in shock, right? yeah, and he's and asking. he's just staggering, staggering around, and he's talking to to Michael, and he's like, you know, you, you should be on the bridge, you know, and all this stuff. And then he says, why Why are we fighting? We're, we're Starfleet. Starfleet. We're, we're exploring. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah. I did, did you did you cream in your jeans when that happened, Ben? A little. <laughs> well, I think that that helps explain why they got their asses handed to them too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they got fucked they, up. Yeah, they just know like basic maneuvers. They don't really have any kind of advanced battle tactics to bring. Well, to we, I mean, we survived the the Earth Romulan War. Yeah, but early on, we were getting our asses handed to us. Well, for I the think, same reason. but even that was still a hundred years ago. That was right? hundred years ago. Yes, yeah, so Mike. Michael even says to um to the captain at one point, like, "Yeah, that's that's the diplomat in you talking. Like, what yeah. does the soldier say? Yeah, you know." And then I now I want to hear what your what your theater actor has to say about that. And then we're we're Starfleet. We don't fire first. No, Which and was, I was like, exactly that. That is the. 
That is yeah. something historically. They might they might be updating those uh, SOPs. Here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this is why. You know this this is why this is the four years now. Technically, they haven't fired first. Yeah. This will always be the first shot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. This is. I'm starting to think when when they're talking about you know this is based on an event that has been talked about in Star Trek in the past. I I'm not thinking it was a canon event, but I definitely think that. This is the, the four years war that uh, some of the, the, the it skirted the edge of canon. Like it yeah. would be mentioned in some of the role playing games and a lot of the novels. And, th- and it was the four years war that we had with the Klingons. Well, it kind of makes sense because like the, the last thing you want to do, I think, as a show that's trying to get people to watch and then to pay to watch online is kind of just jump right and go. This is the Klingon war. This is what we're doing. This is what we've been hearing about for fucking 50 years. This is what it is. Check this shit out. Because then people are going to go into that with their preconceived notions like, no, 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 that's not how that happened at all. I I think they're doing this great. And it would be cool if they, like, Discovery's mission is to go find allies or find resources or something like that. Not necessarily to go fight battles all the time. Yeah, but, but like they still it, have like an exploration kind of mission. It's going to get old every week when Ensign Daft Punk turns around and says, "We need more Vespine gas." Like, <laughs> Shit! What the fuck? These guys and their gas. Um, now you get a little more of the history on the leader Klingon here in this, which I thought was cool. You get the idea of his ship and all that shit, and my father's ship. I thought. I mean, I don't know, man. I loved all the lore I, that I they were laying that. down. Yeah. I, I thought it was fucking dope. Not a problem with any of this so far. You know? I think maybe one of the only problems I had, there was like an excessive amount of Klingon to me. Like it was practically like watching a subtitle show. Oh uh, yeah, like at some point they should just like do the switch over to where we can understand what Yes. <laughs> so they they slowly zoom in on the Klingon's mouth. Yeah. Kinda like the beginning he... of uh Valkyrie. Yeah, yeah. Tom yeah, Cruise yeah, is speaking yeah. in German and then yeah. tra- kinda just transitions mm-hmm. into English. Well, See, I, I like I was thinking of Red October when yeah. Sean Connery's speaking yes. in Russian and it and zooms just, in on his mouth. Well, no, I thought it was the out. key turn. Was it the key turn? I thought they zoomed in and he switched I can't, to English the, and then it pulled back out. I, know, I can't like, remember. I, I, dude, I fucking Sean Connery. Mm, I loved all the Klingon man. I thought it was fucking cool as shit because, like, it always kind of bugs me. Like, you know, alien races are speaking common, and it made sense too. I think that this dude would be so amped on being Klingon because he's fucking Klingon as shit. Yeah, like, yeah. he's bringing, he's reuniting the the twenty four houses. He's bringing this war. He's got these prophecies. You watch it happen and like when they say they come in peace he was like oh shit it's on now and i mean it was perfect i thought it was amazing like he speaks english he speaks common he can't do Mm -hmm. it he just ain't doing it he just didn't want to you know i I get it yeah i mean that that, like i said that was probably my only complaint with it was that you actually have to watch the there was a lot of a lot of Klingon. Yeah. If, I, if I want to read the fucking Klingon story, I'll, I'll get a fucking book. <laughs> Every I just, time I, I just see know this, there's, this, there's uh, probably one mispronunciation that people are going crazy about. You know, the well, Klingon, what's her uh, name? Michelle. Klingon people. Michelle Yo Yao. What, yeah. What's the captain's name? Yo. Every every movie I've seen her in, except for James Bond, I've had to fucking read the movie, and I'm just I'm just I don't know. It's her. <laughs> I don't like to have to read the movie. She sucks. Uh, I don't she know. Reads everything. I was into the Klingons. I thought they were cool. I loved, like I said, I loved that the the ship was just covered and they're dead. I thought that was fucking creepy and kind of neat. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if we skip ahead to the bodies or was there anything? I mean, it's just, this is all just fucking straight up war. And like the cling, like when Anthony Michael Hall shows up and he's, you know, and and he tells them what's happening, which I thought was cool. We, we, you know, we we can't in negotiations, blah, blah, blah. Can't talk if we're fighting. Yeah. Yeah. And the Klingon's like, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, he's like, what the fuck is that? Like his hologram's getting bounced Mm -hmm. around the bridge. Now, See, that's one of my favorite scenes in, in Star Wars is when they're going into the asteroid field and Vader has yeah. the holograms of the three admirals and you see the uh, one do like that. Uh, yeah. And it yeah. cuts to the, you know, you saw it destroyed from the outside. Now, how did they, how are they that. destroying the Europa? Like, that's the one it's thing. It's to happen. How, how did that happen? How did the Europa get destroyed? They just ran into it, right? They, they, a, cloaked, a, a cloaked ship ran into it. It's Jan, Van Elbow Jenny in the face. You've been this close like five other times throughout the show. We gotta That's get why I keep sitting like this. <laughs> Are you okay, Jenny? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. You're mad at me, Jenny. Oh, yeah. You're, you're <laughs> now Jenny's moved yeah. off camera so she won't yeah. get fucking bowed. I don't want to get smacked in the face. I, I, I will, I will call tell you, Ben starts talking Trek and those bows go flying. I mean, he's excited. I mean, which is nice to see that he's excited in a positive way. We haven't gotten into the stuff Ben hates yet. Um, I would like to hear some of it. I want to keep it positive, real positive. No, you already, you've heard pretty much all of it. Interesting. Okay. That I, that I hate. Yeah. There's a lot of like here for you then. Yeah. I'm surprised. Cause I well, didn't, I, I think a big I didn't part pick of up that you got, you had that positive you know, impression of it. Uh, a big part of it was that this was written by Brian Fuller. Okay. And so a lot of what I like about Trek, he, I want to say probably put in it. Okay. So are you curious to see what's going to happen with the next batch of episodes? That, that's, I, we should probably wait until we're closer to the Because it end seems like the tone is going to change quite a bit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, my well, concern. Well, let's keep going then. Let's keep talking about the episode yeah. then. Um, the Ropa explodes. Well, actually, the Ropa gets rammed, and they, they do the fucking uh, commence self-destruct sequence. Yeah. They pull the Picard. Yeah, and it, it, it's like, and you know what? My wife was like, "Finally, somebody gets to blow up their ship." They've been talking about it for years, and finally, has she not seen Star Trek Three? Probably not. Oh, but she was excited about it just from watching TNG all those years and watching you know Picard talk it, it, about blowing. It was up. like Picard had like blue warp core or something. He, he just he, he wanted to blow up his ship. He just he always edged it right up to blowing up the ship. I know it sounds weird too, but I really loved after the Europa exploded because then there was just kind of that weird like silence on the bridge. That weird kind of just oh shit. Like, Starfleet does that pretty good though because we just saw something similar on uh, DS9. Yeah. When when the uh, Olympus blew up, when the Galaxy class uh, got taken the out Odyssey. by the Jim Hadar, yeah. the Odyssey, they get real eerie quiet. Yeah, like, because it's something you don't see. So that, I mean, man, that thing's bigger than us. We gotta get they, the fuck out of they, here. They must train that. All right, this is what we're gonna do. When the ship blows up, this is the look you have to have. Okay, go. If you ever see a starship blow up, holy fuck! <laughs> we gotta think though. These, you know, they can be explorers all day, but this is a quasi-military. Yeah. And you've just seen 500, you know, 300, 400, whatever of, of your, you know, your brethren dead. Yeah. Just, admiral. How often does an admiral die in the field? 
Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, the Europa is a second rate ship. I mean, if you want to get a good ship, you got to go into the Champions League and win that ship. Because, I mean, nobody wants the Europa ship. Nobody wants the Europa. I mean, come on. It's the fucking Europa. I mean, I hope there is like a Champions. Like, there's going to be a A Champions League. And whenever it shows up, they go, the Champions! (laughs) The Champions! That's a soccer joke. I'm sorry. Cristiano Ronaldo is driving the ship. <laughs> with no shirt on, yeah. flexing. Yeah. Of course not. <laughs> but yeah, so okay, so then uh, they get really ballsy and they want to try to blow this dude up. They're like, "Well, let's yeah. kill him." And like, "No, well, we can't kill him. We have to he catch him." Space Jesus, yeah. if you kill yeah, him. And by space. this point, she's broken out of the brig because yeah. the, the the defense, the I guess the screen or whatever that keeps her in there is about to. About she outlogics the computer machine. I, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I My thinking of that was the combination of her Vulcan training and the fact that she just basically Kirked the machine. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, Kirk the computer killer was a trope from the original series that I loved. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he would, you know, put it into, you know, calculating the last digit of pi and fuck you. And then, they would just melt down. <laughs> yeah, and so the fact that she used a combination of – Vulcan logic and and Kirk type. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool too. I was into it. I believe Kirk is a reason why uh, Deep Thought went off and tried to find the uh, <laughs> the answer to the question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So they they go over there. Uh, they get the idea because they see. The the Klingon dude taking up he's he's uh, taking up all the bodies he's beaming them on board and he's he's mummifying them himself. Well, he's he's not beaming them on board though he's he's just tractor beaming tractor beaming yeah. yeah. Well that's yeah. what I mean like he's taking them on on board he's a yeah. he's a bona fide lunatic and he's you're right it, it's a beam you yeah. can say he's beaming them it's he's tractor beaming beam. yeah, well, it's I mean, tractor beam. well yeah but you, yeah. you kind of when you say beam you think transfer yeah yeah yeah, yeah but Scotty not... they never said but Scotty beam me up in the show. Yeah, well, I didn't like the transporters in uh, the Shinzu. They were kind of weird. It, that the whole big ring thing. It reminded me of Michael J. Fox playing in front of the big speaker in the beginning of Back to the Future. Yeah, like that's that. the, that's the vibe that I got from it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so they get the idea to plant a bomb into the um, into one, one of the bodies, and it blows yeah. up the front of the ship, which is cool. now is is that a war crime? Nah. Hiding an explosive device in a corpse of of the enemy after the shooting. If when people, if, I mean, isn't that some shit that you know the VC did to it's us? Hey, what are you going to do, UN? We pay all your bills. Yeah, what's up, Trump's America? Space, Trump space, space UN. Trump. What are you going to do? I just I just think that the Federation is well. Is to be fair, to be fair, I mean, uh, she's probably got a little bloodlust in her because she just saw her admiral say, "Okay, let's have a ceasefire." Okay, ceasefire is good, and then all of yeah. a sudden they fucking and work. she loved that she loved that uh, dude who was flying the ship that died too. Yeah, so she's probably mad about that. Yeah, she's upset, and I mean, you know, that was like her little boy. All is fair in love and war. Sometimes, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. So they they fucking beam the warhead over. It blows up the ship. They go over there uh, to capture the fucking Klingon dude. There's yeah. some fighting. There's some tussling. Uh, these two ladies do a good job kicking some Klingon ass. There's some battleth fighting. There's some knife fighting. There's some shooting. It's pretty rad. I, I don't, and again, this could be just a, a stylistic thing. I do like the design of the phasers. 
Mm-hmm. And I kind of like how in the opening sequence that um, they took it apart and put it back together. Right. You see the original classic phaser and yeah. it, ex- it expands and then it comes back as the new phaser as it turns. When, she, when uh, Captain uh, Giorgio has the uh, the phaser after the mutiny and she comes back on the bridge, she's like not taking any more chances of that shit. She just comes out guns drawn. Yeah. You notice that it's got three projectors on Which the is front. cool, yeah. I, I kind of like that. I I totally loved, and I think we both yeah. talked about this, when they beamed over, it wasn't like, you know, reach for your phaser. It was, we're beaming over yeah, and firing yeah, yeah, stats yeah. because you know there's going to be shit. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool. And I that was one thing I complained about all the time. One of the things, and this is back in episode one, that, and this goes back to things I love, when they couldn't get a lock on the object in the asteroid field or the, the debris field, they did something that I've wanted to see done since the original Trek. And it was somebody to go look out the goddamn window. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I thought that was cool. That was cool. I, saw, the, I saw the telescope sitting yeah. there. And then when they actually used it, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And, and it can check off telescope. telescope. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it goes back to them being explorers. Yeah. You know, like yeah. – Technology is cool, but sometimes you have to kind of harken back to a simpler time, you know, to see what this well, thing is. Well, my thing is just how hard, like, the, the Battle of the Matara Nebula in uh, Star Trek Two, and they were like, oh, the scanners are down, blah, blah, blah. How hard would it have been for one just to person look out just the to window? Go, look out a window yeah. and go, But it's not hey, as dramatic. Man. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Shoot it. Oh, you sure? see Chekhov looking out the window. Hey, Captain, he's right over there. <laughs> like, literally, right there, sir. Uh, right. Just turn left. Let, no, no, a little bit more. All right, fire. I don't know. I'll, I'll take the drama of that. Yeah, I'll take the drama of it. Over the, yeah. you know, oh, no, it's, a, it's definitely a classic scene. It's just that, uh, um, I don't know. It just, I've always wanted somebody to look out the freaking window as and part now, of like You a, finally got it. And discovery, right? Yeah. Again, Brian takes my calls. And uh, thank you, Brian. Now, um, they end up going over there. They do the damage. They get everything yeah. done. Um, they, ca- they, kill. they kill the dude. The captain gets killed. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about the albino Klingon. I think he's going to have a big part in the, oh, yeah. in the rest of the show, which is cool. I um, think he's going to take over. Uh, yeah. A big, a big role in this new coming thing. Which would be pretty rad. He's uh, the torchbearer. He is. He's the torchbearer. Now tell me, like, you, now you're afraid this should, because, and then at the end of the episode, she is court-martialed and sentenced yep. to um, life, in prison. life imprisonment. Yeah. And then I don't understand ends. why they didn't have any lights on in this courtroom. It's, it's very much like the fucking, they're going to send her to the fucking phantom zone. <laughs> Yeah. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> Anytime I see three people as a judge, I just say, Guilty. <laughs> we did a similar thing when I was a senior at the academy. Like the freshman, about three quarters of the way through the freshman year, they get recognized as part of the cadet wing or whatever. And so recognition, it used to be like a week long, but by the time I was a senior, it was basically 24 hours. And but uh, like in the middle of the night, we would bring them all one by one into the room. <laughs> we had like we had robes over our head, and so they couldn't see our faces and stuff. And we would tell them all the the dirt they did, and then say guilty. You are not going to be recognized. <laughs> guilty. <laughs> yeah. And then it ends, and that's it. Yeah. And then you and, and now so preview. Yeah. I gotta say, I'm excited for the next few episodes coming up. Like, I felt like this was kind of a prequel to set up or a prologue or something to set up 
mm-hmm. the rest of the season. And uh, I thought they did a really good job of making it, you know, making me want to see more and see what's coming up next. Like, even though it's going to be totally different, it's a totally new ship, new crew and everything. New captain, yeah. Yeah. And that's why, that's where we get to the parts that I don't like. I feel like I want to see the trek that would have happened on this ship. Mm-hmm. We we spent two episodes developing these characters, these relationships, the ship. But I think some the of them story. are going to come along, like the Saru. He's going to be Saru's there. Saru's coming yeah. along. I know that much. Um, the, the redheaded lady's going to be there. The redheaded lady might be there. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was kind of cool because you're gonna you're gonna see like I mean Michael's a fucking she's a criminal. She's a traitor. She's a traitor. How is she going to be treated on these ships? She started like, the Klingon War. That's yeah. killed and it, so many. It's people. actually kind of interesting because they're bringing her on. You know, the captain's bringing her on as a consultant, apparently, or something. Yeah. But is that how Mud is going to be brought in too? Like, is that how he becomes part of this show? Is he's actually brought in as? Oh, is a he a regular? Conscript? I thought it was just going to be like a Mud episode. I don't know. They show him in the preview, and I'm happy that it's Dwight Schrute, which I think is awesome. I mean, I, I think listeners. <laughs> I think it would be cool uh, though to have him there as like a conscript that has to serve on this ship to get out of his sentence or something like that. And that's how kind of he he eventually breaks away at some point and I, begins I, his criminal enterprise. I love Jason Isaac, so I'm excited about that. I I, I would like Mud to be the cue of this new series, where we we get doses of Mud. Yeah. But not yeah, not all the time. Mud. Yeah, I could see that. He's just that. Re- like that was the thing is after a point in in TNG, you knew that every season there was going to be a Q episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you never knew when it was going to be until you watched the you know this week's episode, and then they did next time on an all new Star Trek: The Next Generation. There he Q. is. Yeah. And like, oh, Q's back. Gotta watch next week. I you know something. Something else I noticed, like the trailers for the the first two episodes were pretty horrible at representing how the show was actually going to be. Because, like, I was kind of hesitant. I was like, I don't know if this is actually going to be... It looks promising, but I don't know how it's going to be. And, like, the show, like, totally blew it out of the water, you know, compared to the trailers. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. You know, I mean, whether it had flaws or not, like, is... My my people were bred to sense, you know, failed ratings, and I sense failed ratings. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I mean, I just... See, my thing is, though, it was... Was it you, Dennis, (laughs) that... I think you actually had tweeted this or or on Facebook that said it would be like Encounter Farpoint being based on on the Stargazer incident. And so, you know, it was... Somebody had said that on... I think it was uh, a listener. It may have been a listener, and I'm sorry, listener, for not know, you know knowing your name because really you're not that important in my life. Jesus but Christ, what? Ben! Hopefully, I didn't get that far. Jeez, Ben, you're having a stellar night. You're elbowing Jenny in the face. You're insulting our listeners. Well, I mean, I've had such look. There can there has to be balance in in my. And Ben's psyche. Gotta be, you got to be really bummed out because I mean, it sounds yeah. like you enjoyed these two episodes. But what? Here's my fear. Oh, and again, like I said at the, I've said this. Well, you had times fear about these two episodes too, though. Right, and so here's the thing: is everybody takes me as is like automatically hating it before I saw it. I hate all. That's because you said you I hated s- it before you saw it. <laughs> I, I think you're taking my words out of context. Literally, um, <laughs> we shouldn't be. <laughs> see, literally can mean many things. Now. It, it can it literally only what, mean one thing. So the thing that that that's been my driving concern is is 
that it, they're going to deviate from Trek too much. Mm-hmm. That they're going to 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 not be Trek because Trek isn't about shoot 'em up adventure. Sure, you're going to have some episodes where it is, and those are going to be good episodes. But then it's also about that that human adventure that has to be a big part of it. And I definitely felt that in these two episodes. I'm just afraid that because this was the episode written by Fuller. And I know he wrote the other episodes, but I also know that there are a lot of staff changes after this. Yeah. And I know that after the third episode, there were some major changes. And I'm just concerned that many what we, that we, well, that and that this isn't representative of Too the series. Cooks. Okay. Because right. th- this wasn't a pilot for the series yet. Like you say, this is a prologue. This is a prequel. This is setting up a lot of stuff. This is a good uh, midway through the third season flashback to see how we got here, even midway through the first season to flashback. But we haven't met any of the actual crew yet. We haven't met any of the ships that are like the, we have, the, the name of the show is Star Trek Discovery, and we haven't even seen the Discovery yet. Yeah, yeah I'm and, fine with it. And I, I just, I, I think if you're going to have a show called Enterprise, you should show the Enterprise in the first, you know, episode or two. I get if that. If you have a series it, called, I get that. I get that. You know, it, it, it should be. We should have had more to do with the discovery. I, no, I like that point. they're taking a different approach. They're setting it up in a different way than they usually do with other Star Trek. Like, like you're saying with uh, Encounter at Far Point, like. This is the the episode with like the meat gazer or whatever. <laughs> the episode before. Love the meat gazer. We're, we're seeing the Battle of Maxima, and then we flash forward ten years. Now to... I would now I would say like if let's say that they didn't do this episode and you just start with Discovery episode one is about Captain Jason Isaac and his consultant who is Michael who was a. Uh, she was a criminal and a traitor and now she's on this ship and yada, yada, yada. You're going to have preconceived notions about her and the whole time you're going to be thinking, how did all that play out? How did that happen? Mm -hmm. Because they could have done, I guess they could have done like uh, in DS9 because that starts off with Wolf 359 basically and then jumps forward, you know, whatever, three years or Mm -hmm. or whatever it is to to when he's on the station. So they could have done something similar that maybe cut it down a little bit. But then I think you would have got, you wouldn't have gotten any of the Klingon backstory, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of unique for Star Trek too, where we get a lot of insight into how the other non-Federation people, you know, their point of view. Yeah. I think I normally hate that, but I did not hate it here. They were telling two stories here at once. And I think that you're going to need to know both of those Mm -hmm. kind of backstories to get to where you're I don't think they're going to do it that much going forward, but. You know, no, I mean, no, not so much going forward, but, but now I get the idea of the Klingon mindset, what was happening before the 24 houses were divided, now they're together, yeah. yada, yada, yada. I think it's kind of cool. Something different. Although it would have been pretty badass if they had just found the Klingons and there had been no talking until the Admiral shows up and then all of a sudden the Klingons start mm-hmm. communicating with them. Like, that would have been pretty cool, too. Yeah. Like, they're trying to second guess, you know, because we see them trying to guess what the Klingons are doing, why they haven't attacked it yet, and all this stuff. And we know why, because we can see the Klingons explaining kind of what their plan is. Yeah. But, um, and I'd rather know, see uh, all this happen rather than you know, one or about. two episodes yeah. in. Yeah, they're all just sitting around talking to each other about what happened. It's so, like, how many times in TNG? Show like, don't tell. 
Yeah, we're just like, why don't they show us that rather than tell yeah. us what happened? Yeah, so that, I'm that's cool. the episode I'd rather watch. Yeah. So okay, so here's my thing, and and this is me giving a little bit of more thought to it, is that we've been told that the point of view character is going to be Michael Burnham. Yes. She's the star, and this is the first time there's a Star Trek. I thought it was ridiculous when I saw the thing online that's like, oh, meet Star Trek's first black lead character. Yeah, it's and like, you're like, a bunch of morons. What? What happened to Avery? Yeah. Um, but, you know, what's, you know, anyway. So it's told from the, her point of view and not the captain. You know, William Shatner, Avery Brooks, Jean-Luc Picard, you know, Patrick Stewart. The, these were the, the, the star of the show, and then there was the ensemble cast that supported them. But the, it's always been the captain's – it's always been the captain's show. Yes. And um, – Duck, Jenny, duck. <laughs> he starts doing this, and I'm like – You got to bob and move. Wax on, wax off. He's you landing a plane. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's the Bob Fosse method of Star Trek explanations. Yeah. But um, – it, it's. I think if we've met the central stars, because I noticed that uh, you know, teach me how to Dougie is on the next episode. Yes, he is. And so if 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 he's on there, if if Ginger Helmsman is on there, if Daft Punk, you know, guys on there, if if we've met the uh, the main cast, then fine, I, I'll be a lot happier with it. But if we go to this new show and a lot of the main characters of the new episodes are like, new, I mean, I get we're going to meet the captain, we're going to meet people, but as long as we've met the core team, like the, the A team of the, mm-hmm. of the stories, I think we have. I, I'll be. I fine. think we have. I'll and be, think about I'll it. Be fine I mean, with that part. original series. I mean, the core is the three. It's yeah. Bones, Spock, and and Kirk, and the rest of them just kind of filter in and out. I mean, there are episodes where, like, who fucking knows who's sitting at the helm? I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, so Cuddy. Maybe they're cutting it down for the the sake of they're only doing twelve episodes. They don't need nine people where they have to tell. Yeah. An episode about this one, or an episode. Maybe it's just gonna be fucking Burnham and the the very uh, the fucking you know the scarecrow from Wizard of Oz is the science officer. You know, <laughs> maybe that's gonna be that's that'll be it. Who fucking knows? It know? does look like the scarecrow from the uh, Batman animated series. Yes. Well, he's also very <laughs> afraid of everything, which I thought was yeah. kind of funny. He's a reverse scarecrow. Yeah. So so yeah, overall, overall, uh, I'd say thumbs up. I'm giving it two thumbs up. I really enjoyed it. Oh, I'll, I'll give it a. Th- I'll, I'll definitely give it a thumbs up. Like said, you- the, the things that I didn't like were aesthetic things. The storytelling yes. was was fine. Okay, I I, I, I was. And I kind of gathered that. Fine with with the storytelling. Now Just the makeup choices, uniforms, things like that. The Starfleet ships, which is something I would normally like. I still am not happy with the Discovery design, but the ships that we saw in this episode looks cool. I, I was happy with. So let me ask you a question. Do you like it enough to pay for it? I really uh, like the starship designs and the, uh, <laughs> the storytelling. Okay. Not even for one month? 
So not even for a month. Okay, so you're not gonna... We signed up on the one week free trial. So... Okay, so you'll get to next episode too then. Okay. Uh, as long as, is there an episode next week? Yes, yeah, every 40. Sunday at eight thirty. Are they gonna do that bullshit like Twin Peaks did where it's like, Oh, we'll give you the first four episodes all at once? But then we don't give you another one for four weeks, which is how long these four episodes would have I think it's it, it seemed like it's every Sunday. Now, let me ask you this question, too. Every Sunday. Do you think a lot of the hate from the episode is based on the paywall? Because that's my opinion. I think people who don't like the episode have a if problem with still, the paywall. If you're still bitching about the paywall at this point, shut the fuck up. Yeah. We, we heard you. Yeah. I, and right. I think that's where a lot of the grumbling comes from. It's they're not raising the price tomorrow. It, yeah. The price has been established. Yeah. We've known about I, the price for over a year. I've I seen some you. people say, "Well, they should do it the first season free and then move it behind the paywall." But that's like the opposite. That's they're trying worse. to they, yeah. they want to prove that they have an audience for it before they start selling <clears> it to <throat> advertisers. Yeah. Yeah. So if people are willing to pay for it behind a paywall, then you can charge I, a higher rate. And I think it's funny that people seasons. complain about the paywall when how have you seen Star Trek for the last thirty years? Uh, you've paid money to go see a fucking movie. You know what I'm saying? Netflix. Yeah. Well, Well, especially for the last 15. Especially for the last 15. 12 or or whatever. It's been all movies, you know. And I saw somebody online saying, like, how all these people who get HBO just to watch Game of Thrones, but then they're going to bitch about CBS All Access to watch Star Trek. See, that that is something that I have a problem with. Um, And and I don't want to complain about the paywall so much as this fragmentation of streaming services. Because yeah. right now there, there's the trend of cutting. We cut the cable. We we recently oh, got we got rid of our dish, so we have the PlayStation. We use PlayStation View, which is like a third of the cost of what we were paying for dish for the channels that we liked on dish. Yeah. So and I, actually, I think we have a better selection in some cases. Yeah, it's and probably then, like half actually. I think. And our television is uh, well. I'm saying if we got the core thing because I think we. We have a bigger package for the, get, the ooh, baseball. Now, baseball. Package. <laughs> but the smart TV Love it. and then the antenna, I mean, I don't feel like I've lost anything. And the shows that we normally DVR'd are available on Hulu. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, because Jenny was the smart one who wrote down, I was like, well, what do we watch every month? And so she started logging what we watched. And then it's like, okay, well, is there a source for that somewhere else? I think as a reaction to that now, we're going into this fragmentation period again where Hulu and Netflix are going to be put into jeopardy because CBS is going to have its streaming service and then NBC is going to have its streaming service. Yeah. And, and then you're going to break this into an a la carte thing and you're going to end up paying much, much more for these shows because CBS All Access isn't available on anything else. It's not like, oh, I can get the, all the shows on CBS All Access if I subscribe to this yeah. bloated package. But the thing that, that's going to save Netflix, at least, is its international distribution. Because oh. mm-hmm. there's no CBS All Access outside of North America. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and, and I mean, and it's gonna, a lot of it's going to be Netflix's original programming, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. fucking top shelf. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So and yeah. I think eventually some of these shows are going to end up being in two places if not more you know yeah. they'll be in mm-hmm. their their home networks streaming service but then a season or two later they'll start appearing on netflix or hulu or whatever or i just don't understand why more channels don't do like what stars and um what was the other one showtime was showtime. the other they catch up with amazon yeah like you just get it through another existing yeah. service like hbo and- does it that way 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, pay a couple dollars more. Like, it would save everybody some money because they wouldn't have to put the development into, like, building their own app yeah, or their yeah, own yeah, platform. Yeah. Just raise the price a couple dollars on Hulu as an optional thing and then yeah. You know, Amazon's all about that, so they're probably going to be yeah. pitching that to everybody because they want to yeah. rule the world. So, Well, I mean, and that's fine I'm with fine me with because, it. you know, as long as the price stays reasonable. All right. So it's, it's, I, but, and that's, that's outside of us because here's the thing though, even with CBS all access, I was tempted to, to keep it and I may still keep it. Cause, well, one, there's two options because you get the commercials on this. I want people to be aware of that when you get all access, the cheap version, five ninety nine a month. Yeah. It's like Hulu. It's like Hulu, but then for nine ninety nine a month, no commercials. Yeah. yeah. So you, you have that choice, but I did notice there mm-hmm. are some shows and movies that I have not been able to find on any other streaming service. Yeah. That I re- there was a movie I said, oh my god, you know, while we have it, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers is is available on CBS All Access. So I wanted you know to share that with Jenny because she hasn't seen it, and I have that opportunity now because of of CBS All Access. If I have access to that kind of library, and if they're not going to share it somewhere else, it's more than Star Trek. So yeah, if I, yeah. but if the only reason I'm coming here is Star Trek, then it's, it's not worth it. It's right. not worth it just for Star Trek. Fair enough. Until but, they pull, until they pull it from Netflix or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. If they pull Star Trek from Netflix and Hulu, and oh, then we'll have to get it. Then yeah. it's only available on Star Trek All Access. Don't say that; they might be listening. Then we can't do the podcast. <laughs> I, I think that I think that definitely impacts our listenership, though, because I think a lot of our listeners have Hulu and Netflix, but they may not, you know. Mm-hmm. So, well, there you go. I loved the episode. I thought it was great. I'm looking forward to Sunday. I thought it was killer. Uh, we'll go back to reviewing. Um, uh, DS9 next week, but I mean, I figured we just kind of had to talk about Discovery because everybody yeah. was kind of talking about Discovery, and I'm not going to lie, I thought it was great. I yeah. really enjoyed it. I mean, we'll say, I, I, I agree with some of Ben's kind of, um, some of his hesitations going forward, but I mean, I think the 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 foundation is built for some cool shit. Yeah. You know? So there you go. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Because when it ended, I was like, well, how are they going to get her out of this? She's going to jail for life. And then they kind of explained that in the preview. Well, yeah. we need fucking people because we're at war. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's kind of cool that people are trying to get uh, Jason Isaacs to kick her off, but he's like, it's my ship. I do what I want to do. I do what I want. I do what I want. It's my ship. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Well, cool. Good job. And uh, sorry about the long episode. There's lots to talk about. It's two episodes. Oh, yeah. shut, shut the fuck up. And I'll let you guys go to bed. Yeah, right. Go to bed, and we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and enjoy Discovery, dudes. Bye. Later.